0: I, I can't imagine I'm the only one who calls dealing damage with toughness butt damage. <laughs> like I can't be. Someone else surely does that.
1: Hello and welcome to JudgeCast! This is episode 204. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Brian Prilliman. I am joined this evening by Jess Dunks. Hi, this is Jess Dunks. And Brogan King. Greetings, y'all. Greetings indeed, yes. And today, tonight, this evening, this 4th of July Eve. Um it won't be the
2: 4th of July Eve when people are listening to it. Yes, well, we're recording on 4th of July Eve.
0: <laughs> this post-4th of July. <laughs> the
2: 3rd of July, for those yes. of you not
1: in the United States. like, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, this, this wonderful, this glorious 4th of July Eve. Well, I'm just, you know, as we were talking right before we started recording, you might not hear the fireworks in the distance, but if my dog starts barking in the background, that's what's happening. People are... Are practicing for tomorrow yeah
2: so so if you don't know this uh i don't know how well known this is outside of the united states but the fourth of july is the day on which the united states celebrates its independence from uh england
0: great britain yes
2: yeah and uh the ultimate brexit we, we, cool. <laughs> <laughs> we were brexiting before it was cool um <laughs> Oh, oh, I hate this.
0: So I don't <laughs> like this.
2: <laughs> but uh, it's the day on which we do that. We do that, and uh, we celebrate that, and we celebrate it with fireworks. Now, traditionally, those are set off on the for- the evening of the Fourth of July. But but frequently, people will frequently people will set them off like any time in the week. Yeah, I like how just says
1: traditionally it's the Fourth of July. I don't, I don't know what part of the South you live in, but traditionally you just set them off uh, about thirty minutes after you buy them. (laughs) Yeah,
2: before before I moved here, uh, I I, I've mostly lived lived in states where fireworks were only legal around the Fourth of July, and you could only shoot them off on the Fourth. Yep, me too. And then I moved here, and like the local ace hardware just sells fireworks year round okay so, like so so my, my <laughs> minor thing like why for, why would they do
1: this first off let's let's talk briefly cuz i've lived in in virginia and, and now florida in florida you can only shoot off uh, fireworks that leave the ground to scare off birds from your field so <laughs> so you're buying all the the bottle rockets and stuff like that oh to gosh. scare birds right yes right birds in, in Virginia and I don't know if this is this is still the case, but you couldn't buy anything that left the ground. So it was all like sparklers and fountains and stuff like that. So you'd have to you uh, every year when I was a kid someone would make a trip down to south of the border, which is
0: oh my gosh
1: right right below uh, right between North Carolina on the North Carolina South Carolina border. Because apparently South Carolina don't care how many fingers you lose, <laughs> um, and there's out. this, there's this, yeah, there's this big place uh, called South of Border, and someone would go there and bring back the fireworks, and it was all special because it was, it was all, you know, you had to cross state lines. <laughs> to I get
0: your yeah, same uh, in Michigan. I grew up in Michigan, and the um, people would go to Wisconsin to to. Uh, by fi- or, or ohio i think to to buy fireworks uh-huh. and i want you to know that as we're talking about this i literally have started hearing them they're they're happening
2: of course yeah. that's of course all this when, hard when stuff I, was, I had to it, do it was... now i just gotta
1: say i'm scaring birds
2: <laughs> yeah
1: i can buy mortars what do, you, what do you what do you need a three pound mortar i got crows
2: we, we uh when i was a kid to, to get the fireworks that you really wanted, you'd have to go out to the reservation, which is really ironic because we're celebrating our independence.
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Goodness oh, gracious. Geez. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right. So what are we what are we here to talk about <laughs> we're here. other other than fireworks and scaring Brian's crows away?
1: Yes, uh, we're going to be talking about the M19 release notes. That's not uh, uh, and like all good M Night Shyamalan uh, release <laughs> notes. This there's going to be a twist ending. Oh oh no, just M um, nineteen. So we're going to be talking about yeah M nineteen. Really, the pre releases this weekend. Uh, hopefully you make it to the pre release with all your fingers. Um, hopefully. And uh, uh, so we're going to get into that. But first, we have uh, breaking news as of yesterday. Uh, this just in. Uh, there was an update to the legacy banned list,
0: but what? just but just legacy. No, no other no other formats have been impacted by this wave of of bannings. Yeah, so uh-huh.
1: Force of Will is gone. Uh, uh-huh. You can't play Force of Will anymore.
0: Uh, is that the twist? No, <laughs> 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 that's our Force of
2: Will's be, not really I think, gone. I think that'd be horrible. They they uh, they made uh, they made it so you can play Snapcaster Mage again. Um. <laughs> no, they, they've they've banned Deathrite Shaman and Gataxian Probe from Legacy. And this is effective uh July sixth uh of this year, twenty eighteen. For those of you listening way in the future. Uh I don't know if this is still true, but uh Gitaxian probe and Deathrite Shaman are no longer uh allowed to be played in Legacy. <laughs> uh they are only for vintage and casual formats.
0: Yeah, I uh, I am going to Pour one out for my lost homies. On that, I really like both of those cards and have played both of them in Legacy.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've played i played both of them in Modern.
0: Uh, yeah, I've,
2: I've definitely poured one out for those guys in the past. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna miss uh, being shown uh, Deathrite Shaman altars and asked if uh, if they're approved or not. That was that's something that I'll miss. They're like
2: a Darth bit. Vader's and stuff. Yeah, <laughs>
1: it's just.
0: That Uh, is one that people would alter a lot, huh? Yeah. Well, I'm sure people will find other things to to put anime characters on. Um (laughs) But here we are talking about M19. Do we have any thrilling, exciting new mechanics in M nineteen?
2: I mean, the fact that we have corsets again is pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, remember Uh, when we when it was nope, no no more corsets, corsets are cancelled?
2: I'm really excited about corsets coming back. Honestly, I I think corsets are are a great uh, you know even if people don't start by playing a corset, it feels like there's a starting point.
0: They're super I mean, approachable. Like,
2: yeah, and that's why we don't have any new mechanics. Of course, is is that they're they're somewhat basic, but there's still a lot of actually quite a few kind of confusing cards in this set. So we're gonna we're gonna go over some. Um, are there no me- new mechanics at all? Do we have any? even returning mechanics that aren't evergreen in the set. We have
0: yeah. one mythic double faced card. Oh, yeah, it is. One. it's one. Is it a
2: reprint or is it new?
0: It's a bolus. Um, I, oh, right, right, yeah. right, right, right.
1: What, you mean the, 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 the rocks on the stick that you spin and throw around people leaning and yes. bolus the equipment from? They made yes. that a double face card?
0: I, I, they made that equipment a double face card. Aren't you excited? And it's mythic. I, no, I didn't think it
1: was worth it. I mean, I think <laughs> maybe uncommon, but.
0: No, it's a scary dragon. Um,
2: no, I'm pretty sure scary. Bolus He's are. misunderstood.
0: No, it's a scary yeah. dragon. <laughs> I stick by that. It's definitely a scary dragon.
1: Oh, I'm thinking of Leon and Bola, not bolus.
0: <laughs> no, if you have more than one. Oh, yeah, okay, okay.
1: Oh bolas. wait, does it does it yeah. flip into another bola?
0: Yes. That's, it's, that's what it is. The other side is the other one.
1: It's just the other bola. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. Um but uh yeah, we have that. That's Okay, is- Jess,
1: can I change the over under to over now, please? 120
2: minutes
0: or, or an hour and 20 minutes. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> inside we, joke on 10 how long minutes this into episode. the
2: episode, you're like, We're not getting anywhere. <laughs> yeah, all right.
0: <laughs> uh, but, but y'all, do you have a can I can you judge? Can you bring me a checklist card for my bolus that I just opened?
1: The one it. mythic card uh, in the set? I need it. No. It's just, it's just since it's since there's only one and it's mythic, it's probably going to be a little harder to come by.
0: Do we know if maybe they're doing the same thing with that that they where they can put that in the pack with the bolus?
2: Oh, maybe, that'd yeah. Be, That's that'd be cool. Was Battle Bond just a trial run for Bolus? That's amazing.
0: <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's entirely possible um, if they have the technology to be able to put two things that go together in the packs. I think maybe
1: that that would be the natural. Like didn't we speculate that they could be able to do that?
0: Yep. We did talk about that. So we'll know.
1: If you if you get a bolus this weekend at the pre release and you get a checklist card, be sure to let us know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Please send
1: us an email.
0: Please please let us let us know if that is a thing that happens to you because it'd be really cool.
1: So the it's kind of fitting that that bolus is the double face card, because the the theme of the set is 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 kind of like El- elder elder dragons and El- bolusy, like like Stuff. people that have interacted with bolus. Yeah, it's it's
0: know. sort of elder dragons the set, like bringing back the the OG elder dragons and people yes. who have fought bolus or I don't know. It's kind of a it's kind of a mishmash. But I have not read the story, so I imagine that there is some context. The story seems for it seems a bit
1: of a mishmash too, really. Uh, so Jess pointed out that the, one of the cool things about bringing back these Elder Dragons is because they were making Brawl Commanders in color combinations that hadn't previously existed
0: mm. uh, when we were
1: talking this weekend, yeah. which was kind of neat. But we'll talk about some of those Elder Dragons when we get to them in the alphabetical order.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in the, shh, don't, yes. don't let them behind so, the curtain. Shh.
2: Oh, oh no. Right, so... Real quick, if you haven't listened to one of our uh, release notes episodes before, what we're going to do uh, is we're going to go down a list of cards that we found interesting from the release notes uh, and talk about the weird rules interactions or stuff you should know going into the pre-release about these cards. It's not an exhaustive list because I don't want to be here for five hours, and I don't think you have the time to listen for five hours. Well, maybe you do, but but let's, I don't want to be here for five hours. Let's let's not. Uh, yeah. uh, and, but we are going to go over quite a few cards. Um. So why don't we just go ahead and and dive in, guys? Heck yeah, sweet. What's first alphabetically?
1: Uh, That that we care about? Yeah, Uh, I would say the first one is a Johnny adversary of tyrants. Now that tyrants, it's probably Nicol Bolas. Nah, Um, it's too yeah. Just a speculation. Uh, two white white. Uh, for a legendary planeswalker, a Johnny with four loyalty plus one ability is put a plus one plus one counter of of on each of up to two target creatures uh that is ability number one um now one of the cool things is since that's on each of up to two target creatures uh you don't actually have to have creatures on the battlefield uh you don't have to if you want a plus one you don't have to you know put counters on your opponent's creatures you can just say man i'm fine not putting any counters on anything
0: you can choose to not
1: yes on up to, each of up to 2 well that's fine 0 uh his minus 2 ability says return target creature card with converted mana cost of 2 or less from your graveyard to the battlefield uh a note there is uh if you decide to bring back oh say a walking ballista oh no uh, because, because in fact it's it's xx mana cost is uh uh two or less it's zero when not on the stack. Uh you will bring it back from the graveyard and put it on the battlefield. And well it's a zero zero, right? So it's gonna die. So so just you know pay attention to, to what that creature looks like in the is gonna look like on the battlefield. And then with uh for minus seven, you get an emblem that says at the beginning of your end step, create three one one white cat creature tokens with lifelink.
0: Me yeah. And well that's yeah
1: Yes, meow and eow Ow. <laughs> um and there's really nothing super special about that just uh three three uh three kitties uh milkshake, uh biddy Kitty, and Battle cat uh and they all have life link
0: Nice. Yeah. uh so you might you might say that that ultimate is just uh worse than Liliana Death's majesty, which makes zombies It's not strictly worse. I just like Liliana better.
1: That's 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 (laughs) okay.
0: (laughs) Anyway, moving on. I'll stop being mean to Ajani. Well, maybe I will not stop being mean to Ajani considering the next card is Ajani's Last Stand. Uh,
1: well, that doesn't bode well. That's a that's an (laughs) ominous title right there.
0: Uh, I'm not being mean to Ajani, but it looks like somebody is. Uh, Ajani's Last Stand is an enchantment for two It's bolus, it is bolus. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, is it an enchantment? Like, before- I, go on.
2: I was going to say, like, I've i just glanced at this art, and I know it's a podcast, so you can't see it. But like, <laughs> Bolas is giving him like the Care Bear stare. Like, what's going on here?
0: <laughs> oh my god, he really it's just, is just like
2: clouds coming out of his chest. Like, what, what is this?
0: <laughs> Bolas stare. <laughs> <laughs> I really love... It's the
1: arc, it's the arc reactor going off.
0: <laughs> I truly love the number of visual jokes that come up in our release notes episodes. Like, oh, this card art, though, as we simultaneously acknowledge that we shouldn't be making visual jokes, but are anyway. <laughs> and we do it every single, single time we do one of these. We should make the <laughs> Judge Cast release notes drinking game. Oh, man. Please. <laughs> <laughs> please don't do that
1: that'd be amazing do that send us an email
0: <laughs> we'll read it and talk about it and not play the judge cast release I, notes drinking game
1: i will play that drinking game
0: Ooh. all right
2: okay for real they have already played that drinking game
0: all right <laughs> oh no a johnny's last what's about, what's stand it's an enchantment for two white white That says, whenever a creature or planeswalker you control dies, you may sacrifice a Johnny's last stand. If you do, create a 4 4 white avatar creature token with flying. And also says, when a spell or ability an opponent controls causes you to discard this card, if you control a planes, create a 4 4 white avatar creature token with flying. I hope you like creature token, 4 4 white avatar creature tokens with flying. I know I do. Um, Seems legit. Interesting things to note. Um, if you have multiple creatures or Planeswalker and or Planeswalkers dying at the same time, um, the ability will trigger multiple times. Um, however, because you have to sacrifice a Johnny's Last Stand to actually make your, your creature happen, only one of them is going to be able to create a creature because you can't sacrifice a Johnny's Last Stand more than once. Um if a Johnny's Last Stand is destroyed at the same time as a creature, and uh, you're like, "Aha, I can sacrifice it now," unfortunately, by the time you could do that, a Johnny's Last Stand is already gone, so you can't sacrifice it. Um, for the second ability uh, that ma- lets you make a, uh, a creature when y- if you discard a Johnny's Last Stand, uh, discarding only happens from your hand. Um, if you mill it or it otherwise enters your graveyard from somewhere that's not your hand, um, that's not discarding it. Uh, so if there's a additionally regarding that ability, if a if you get to choose to discard something, if an opponent just casts something that says discard a card, and even though it's not making you discard this one card, um, if you choose to discard it, you still get a creature.
1: Or, or even if it says like, if you choose, you know, choose to discard a card or take three damage, and you say, "Well, I'm going to choose to discard a card." It's that's still that's still an the a uh, spell or effect that uh, that an opponent controls. It's still
0: it's still causing you to discard that card, even right. even though you have the option to choose to to not discard if you want.
1: Yeah, that comes up a lot. It's like, well, I'm I decided, you know did 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 he make me or did she make me uh discard that
0: well yeah um yeah that sad sad of Johnny. it's very Ooh. it's very like sort of western standoff it's kind of neat i like it yeah we got, I,
2: I mean yeah it's all right
0: it's it's not fundamentally <laughs> it's it's not fundamentally a great card i don't think but i think it's fun and i think it's flavorful
2: oh yeah i I definitely like that seems like a fun card to like it's it's definitely something that can have an impact on your game right
0: that you know, would
2: uh yeah you, yeah you're paying four mana and two
1: or three turns later you're gonna get a, a flying 4-4 four, four avatar
2: it's a Johnny's friend because something's gonna die what's we, that I it said it's a Johnny's friend uh 4-4 four, four yeah. four yeah. avatar unlike a Johnny's pride mate which is the next card we're oh. gonna talk about
0: <laughs> a uh, different one of the Johnny's friends yes
2: Yes, uh, so Ajani's Pridemate is a 2-2 uh, two, two, uh, creature for one generic and one uh, white mana that says whenever you gain life, you may put a plus one, plus one counter on a Ajani's Pridemate. Uh, this ability is pretty straightforward, but there are a couple of things that always come up with this card. Um, first of all, if you gain more than one life, you only get one counter off of a single life gain event. So if I have, uh, if I play a spell that makes me gain four life, I don't get four counters on a Johnny's Pride man. I only get one. Uh, and that being said, if I have a bunch of creatures with lifelink that are dealing combat damage all at the same time, uh, I'm gaining life once for each creature that is dealing combat damage with lifelink. And if they deal, obviously, Double strike damage. I'll, I'll gain life again. So you can get a whole bunch of counters that way, because even though combat damage is, is treated as one event for for damage purposes, it's still treated as separate life gain events.
0: They are they are happening simultaneously, but they are still yeah. different instances of gaining life.
2: Exactly. Um, however, unlike Life Link, Ajani's Pride Mate's ability is a triggered ability. If it has taken. If it's a 2-2 with no counters and it has taken 2 damage in combat, the ability might trigger if you gained life in that combat, but Johnny's Pride Mate will have already been put in the graveyard due to state-based actions, and it won't get the plus-one, plus-one counter to save it. Uh, let's see. If, if, something, if something is making you gain life and counting things, like you gain one life for each creature you control, even though you're counting a bunch of different things, you're still only gaining life once. And, uh, in two headed giant, if your teammate gains life, it doesn't cause this to trigger because in two headed giant, anything that causes a player to, to gain life is still considered an individual thing, even though it ends up affecting the team's life total.
0: That's a oddly enough. I have, I had never thought about that as it, this card, as it would be in two headed giant, were that the case that would be super broken. Cool. Johnny has lots of so, friends. Also something uh
1: something that I kind of learned um signaling into the into the next card is the did you know that Dominaria is in Europe? Sorry what? What do you mean? Domin Dominaria is in Europe. Uh because there is a card called Alpine Moon. And oh. Alpine uh is talking about a uh, uh the Alps, the European mountain range. So clearly for there to be a uh, uh, an Alpine Moon, uh, Dominaria must be now. It, could, it
0: must inherently it be, a, be in Europe.
1: Yeah, now it could be either a past version of Earth or like a a you know Thundercats third future Earth <laughs> with like Mumra and stuff like that.
2: Oh but
1: it's very very clearly Europe. So Alpine Moon is uh is Checkmate. a red enchantment for red. Uh, that says, as Alpine Moon enters the battlefield, choose a, non, uh, a non-basic land card name. Um, lands your opponent control with the chosen name, lose all land types and abilities, and they gain tap, add one mana of any color. Now, this card's actually um, already been eroded. Uh, it, <laughs> it actually says that you can only name... Uh, Cards named Urza ta- Urza's Tower with this card.
0: <laughs> Man, that's that's a pretty it's a pretty niche sort yeah. of errata.
1: It it is. Um, so let's let's talk about this I mean, card. You, no, you I'm might, not not actually might, serious. You might also about the hit run. the
2: mine like strategically. You might hit you know minor power plant depending on the situation.
1: Occasionally. Um, so <laughs> this this doesn't
2: this doesn't affect super types.
1: So um, even though they might lose all land types, they do not lose legendary types and snow lands are still snow. Um, if a land because a land is going to lose all of its abilities, if a if a land has a when this enters the battlefield trigger, that trigger is not going to happen. Uh If the land has an as this enters the battlefield ability, that doesn't happen. So like Vesuva, uh, where it enters the battlefield as a copy of another land, it's not going to do that. Uh, which is relevant because if Alpine Moon goes away and its effect starts applying or stops applying, you're just gonna have a boring <laughs> old Vesuva on the a battlefield. Chilled
0: out Vesuva doing nothing.
1: Yes, right. <laughs> right, a Vesuva nothing. Um
0: uh,
1: <laughs> uh, Yep. Then uh so so let me let me explain why we we're kind of joking around about the 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 Urza's lands a little bit, because you're saying well well yeah the 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 mine and the power plant they care if you if you control a an Urza's tower. Uh I still Alpine Moon doesn't change the name of the card. I still control an Urza's tower, right? So these these lands are going to tap for my my UrzaTron still going to work, right? Mostly um Yeah, so what happens is it's kind of funny The the Urza's lands actually like Urza's Tower if you look in the type line of Urza's Tower its types are Urza's and Tower Urza's is a type so 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 your your card Urza's Tower card named Urza Tower is going to have a type of nothing and the the other Tron cards look for a land with the type Urza's Tower, not the name Urza's Tower. I'm
0: going to be completely honest and say that I did not, like, I was like, what is he talking about? And when I read these show notes and I went and looked up the cards and I had no idea that that was a type on the card.
2: Yeah, it gets really weird with, like, Spreading Seas. Yeah. Because, because people think, oh, it's still got the name. Um, yeah. And it, 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 that's, that's why Spreading Seas shuts off Tron Lands.
0: That bogs people down. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but it's, it's yeah, it says, so, like,
1: if you control an Urza's, Urza's Tower, ta- you know, like, the mind says, if you control an Urza's Tower, if you've got Alpine Moon and named Urza's Tower, you have a card named Urza's Tower that is not an Urza's Tower. And I've started saying that so many times that it's starting to lose meaning. Mm-hmm.
0: I, have, um, I have beef with the art on this card. It looks like one of those spray paint... Um, <laughs> street artists oh, they, drawings
1: street artists with the with the uh with the Kansas brief the yeah. spray paint in the
0: newspaper and stuff <laughs> it it looks 100% like one of those
1: so he just he just put like a, a pan lid like, over like it a, and made the circle well,
0: it's it's a it's a lady and it's like it's a pretty art um um it it is just frustrating to me because it that's all i can see because of the 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 sort of moon shape like you just sit a can of Folgers down on it and spray around it
1: uh hello uh you can watch the youtube on youtube you can watch the video of how the art for Alpine Moon was made um set to some sort of techno with with some sort of
0: like drum and bass background oh yeah but it is it is it is legitimately pretty art I just from the moment I saw it that, that that was the thing that that Stuck in my mind and I can't unsee it. So I needed to share that with all of you.
1: At the very beginning, you're going to be like, "What are they doing with the newspaper? I don't know." There's oh mountains, oh whoa, okay, whoa, all right. And then they get the they get the 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 index card where they get to spray the white to make the to have lines. the sharp
0: line. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, do we have any more alpine moon facts while we're here?
2: I, I just I want to talk about the Dominarian Alps some more. But other than that, no.
0: <laughs> we need to speculate on <laughs> the, on if this is past Alps or future Alps or what. Right. Um. But we you know how we were talking about going back to our elder dragons earlier. We have found our alphabetically first elder <laughs> dragon.
2: <laughs> I re- I enjoy oh. this one's name quite a lot. Why? It just amuses me. So I don't know how it's pronounced, but I know is it Al-
0: is it Arcades? Called. That's how I've always heard it. Is Arcades? It probably
2: is. But like yeah. Arcades, it it looks like arcades.
0: It does look like arcades. Ar- uh,
2: arcades. Yeah.
0: So,
1: so well, maybe if he had a fortress, it'd be arcades post.
0: Wow. Uh, wow. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Well, I, I'm going to call it Arcades. <laughs> um, but if somebody has a definitive answer on it, if that's correct or not, please again, let us know. It says Arcades, the strategist, um, the art I believe really it's cool.
2: Arcades, the strategist.
0: The strategist. Mm, I guess i was just <laughs> saying all the hard E's. The Legendary creature, elder Dragon. Got it. <laughs> um, the elder Dra- Dragon, yeah. He looks like an elder Dragon. Else it would be. <laughs> um, at any rate, uh three five for One green, white, blue. So one in Bant. Um, And it again is a legendary creature, Elder Dragon, uh, with flying and vigilance that says whenever a creature with Defender enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card and each creature you control with Defender assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power and can attack as though it didn't have a Defender. Everyone say goodbye to Doran. Doran's out of here. This is our new friend. I, I um, maybe <laughs> I don't know. I like I like yeah, Doran well, being well a, enough. Being just... blue
2: and not black is, is a pretty big boon in this yeah. this this friend's favor. Uh but like Doran can sometimes nerf your opponent's creatures pretty hard.
0: <laughs> That's true. Um so th- interesting things about this card again, because it fiddles with how damage is dealt and with toughness rather than power. How does that, how do we do that? Um, Well, that, that ability doesn't actually change the power of the creature. It just affects how it assigns combat damage. Um, If you want to give some your, this, your creatures with defender, something that impacts their power. um, That doesn't really, do anything with this ability it, if you want to uh, up their toughness it will but if you modify their power it's not gonna it's not gonna do what you want to do um additionally because it lets your defenders attack as though they didn't have a defender um if you attack with arcades here and with some other defender um if arcades leaves combat after you've declared attackers, your 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 defender is still attacking. Um, you you have declared it as an attacker; it's still attacking. It doesn't see its dragon friend leave and then stop attacking. It's it's going. It's in there. So,
1: have you have you looked at the original our uh, arcade y Sabbath?
0: Uh, a long time ago, I haven't looked at it recently. Yeah.
1: It, it 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 I really like the way they fit in some of the older versions of the Elder Dragons. Because Arcadia Sabbath has uh, two abilities. One says each untapped creature you, you control gets plus two, plus zero, sorry, plus zero, plus zero, plus zero, as long as it's not a- attacking. So he p- pumps the toughness up of all your blocking creatures.
0: Oh, okay. These,
1: okay. And then uh, you can spend a white. Oh, it's just Arcadia Sabbath gets a uh, plus zero, plus plus zero plus one until the end of turn. However, if you have arcade's the strategist in play, that works like fire breathing.
0: Yeah, he basically gives your, your, that's really funny. Huh. Um, oh, so even, even though my, my wall, my defender is still attacking, even if Arcades leaves the battlefield, will I still get to deal butt toughness? B- b- butt damage? <laughs> will I still get to deal butt damage? Just, I need to just, know.
2: Oh, man. Oh, man. <coughs> uh, no, I'm that's sorry. Okay. It's okay. Uh, no, i i i have a i have
1: a butt damage aside. Oh no! Oh
0: no! I don't know so, if we want. I've I've opened no, no, a horrible no, can this of safe. worms. This
1: is this is safe. My 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 last dog, uh, uh, Spencer, oh, was a no. was a was a Yorkshire Terrier, and he'd go and he loved to lick the cat's ears, but the cat oh. didn't didn't really like to have her ears licked, so she'd start popping him in the face. So what he would do is he would back into the cat, and then when she, oh my gosh, then when she popped him in the butt, uh, uh, he would whip around and try and lick her ear real quick while she was distracted from attacking his butt. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh, so it's it a clever, great, clever strategy.
1: Right, he'd be like, oh, well, this cat's too stupid to tell the front from the back of me, so I'll back into her. She'll attack my butt. And then I'll whip around and lick her ear while she's not paying attention. I'm sorry
0: if anything. If anyone needs the title of the strategist here, it's that dog.
2: So to answer (laughs) your question about butt damage, yes, uh, it it will. I need to know. It it hasn't dealt damage yet, so when it goes to assign combat damage, it's going to look and see if this ability is there. It isn't there, so it will only deal damage uh, equal to its to its power which for front f- to, to its front, front damage, damage yeah so it's flying through the air yes. butt first and, and this <laughs> the dragon disappears and suddenly it's facing forward doesn't understand what's happening
0: <laughs> i'm 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 really sorry that i've that i've done this i'm not oh, sure no. you are all right <laughs> it's flying through the air but first, but first, <laughs> good. All right, all right. So, do we have anything else to say about butt damage or anything else there?
1: Well, I think that's a separate podcast, I mean, right?
2: It's, what's, what's point?
0: Oh, it's just his new name. I guess. Butt damage
2: strategist. Like we know how to pronounce that.
0: <laughs> we'll talk more about that on Judge Cast After Dark. <laughs> oh no.
2: Mm.
0: All right, Mo- moving. So on. moving on to
2: Chaos Wand, <laughs> which I'm not going to even try to connect with the last card. Um, oh, uh, please don't. Uh, Chaos Wand is an artifact that costs three. Uh, has an activated <laughs> ability that is four mana and tapping Chaos Wand, and the effect is target opponent exiles cards from the top of their library until they exile an instant or sorcery card. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost then put the exiled cards that weren't cast this way on the bottom of the library. I'm sorry, the bottom of that library in a random order. Um, So this is our obligatory card that casts other spells without paying their mana cost card for this release notes episode. We always seem to have one of these. A couple things about this card before we get into that aspect of it. When you're activating the ability, you don't get to choose instant or sorcery um they're just gonna exile cards until they hit either an instant or sorcery you don't get to choose one and go through it uh or anything like that you stop when you hit it uh if you got to choose that'd be really good it it could be but it could also backfire because this doesn't feel like it's playable in a format that's not limited so (laughs) also true you're gonna choose one and then just whiff uh which speaking of which if you if you don't uh hit anything if you go through their entire deck without hitting an instant or a sorcery you just take everything that you've got face up now and and you shuffle it together uh and you put it back in a random order which is to say shuffled even though not technically shuffled cuz
0: right you're you're not you're not performing the act of shuffling but you're functionally thank you shuffling you carrying
2: cosy strixer uh so
0: <laughs> there what there, there are things that care. I guess yeah,
2: it's just Kosi's Strixter. Like, is there there's anything a- else that cares about shuffling? Yeah, yeah. There's a there's an artifact that deals damage oh, okay. to you when
1: Fair you enough. shuffle. Uh,
2: uh, uh, uh. Uh, you can, uh, you can choose not to cast it. So let's say they they reveal you know, something that can only kill your creatures. Well, you could be like, oh, I don't, I don't want to cast that. It just gets shuffled in with everything else. Uh, now here we get to the the stuff that happens when you cast something without paying its mana cost. Since you are not paying the mana cost, you can't choose other alternative costs. Uh, you know, you, you can't choose to pay, um, say, an overload cost for a spell. Not that there are any of those in, in N19, but but if you reveal something with overload, you can't choose to pay the overload cost to do the overload thing. You, you have to cast it uh, with its normal cost. However... You can cast it with additional costs like Kicker, which is very functionally different from Overload. And by that, I mean almost not at all. (laughs) Uh, So so knowing the difference between an additional cost and an alternative cost is important for an effect like this. Uh, If you reveal something that has an X in its converted mana cost and that X is not defined somewhere else in the card text, the Player normally would choose what the X is, but in this case, it's going to be zero because you're casting it without without paying its mana cost. Um,
0: this is similar, so you can't just choose X as yeah, a million. yeah, yeah.
2: There, there's one card I think that that says in the card text what X has to be, and, and in that case, it's that X. But um, usually, almost always, it's just zero. Um, this reminds me of uh, Omniscience, which is also in the set, uh, but also is
0: because you're paying stuff without you're casting stuff without paying yes, mana yes yes
2: but it's also a little bit different from omniscience because omniscience says you may cast spells from your hand without paying their mana costs that doesn't let you ignore timing restrictions the way that chaos wand does uh, chaos wand makes you cast it while you're resolving chaos Wand. you can't like hold on to it for later and cast it whereas with omniscience you cast things when you normally would just without paying the cost um and uh, and when i'm
0: Chaos Wand also has the ha, Chaos Wand also has the um it, it's that's the the standard thing where if it tells you you can cast it unless it tells you a time a, a duration of when you can cast it you need to cast it now
2: yeah yeah exactly um and you know with Omniscience you, you it's it's I think um, quite a bit better when it resolves uh which I'm sure you can tell from the like ten mana cost on it but uh once you resolve it and you get priority uh you get to cast things first right. Like you get the castings immediately because you just cast this enchantment and you get priority again. So you definitely get some benefit out of omniscience. So you may not get benefit out of chaos wand, depending on the situation.
0: You may just get to hmm. experience chaos. Yeah. That's almost that's a benefit, right?
2: It could be.
1: <laughs> the next card is Departed Deck Hand. It's for one and a blue. It's a 2-2 spirit pirate. R. R. <clears throat> so uh, it is a it is a ghost pirate uh, from Exelon, looks like.
0: Just when you uh, thought you were away from Exelon,
1: right now I'm used to vampire pirates, but spirit pirates, vampires when they die, do they leave spirits? I don't think so.
0: Uh, maybe. Well, oh,
1: the vampires were conquistadors.
0: This this is just a this regular old pirate that died. Regular
1: old spirit. All right. Uh, so much like uh, any other spirit uh when uh uh they become just like in the real world uh <laughs> when spirits become the target of a spell uh you sacrifice it uh now this is this says target of a spell not spell or ability which is important
0: different from illusions and such
1: yes normally cards that say that say target spell or ability this just says target spell uh so so maybe maybe not like spirits in in our <laughs> world. <laughs> Um, so, uh, uh, with that, it's got some other text to, uh, departed deckhand can't be blocked except by spirits. And then for three and a blue, another target creature you control can't be blocked this turn except by spirits. So, uh, if you target, uh, departed deckhand with a spell, uh, whether you cast it or the opponent, the departed deckhand is going to be sacrificed, uh, even if the spell is countered, and it's going to be sacrificed before the spell targeting it resolves. Um, or it's in fact, the spell now might actually fizzle due to lack of targets. So if I was to try and lightning bolt a departed deckhand, it would trigger. Departed deckhand would be sacrificed. My lightning bolt will be targeting nothing, and the lightning bolt will fizzle. Um, so. so if
0: you cared about, like, if you had something that cared about you dealing damage to something, that wouldn't happen because the damage from the lightning yep. bolt never happens.
1: Uh, right. If you have a spell skite out and somebody and I try and lightning bolt your departed deck hand and you say, no, I'm going to activate my spell skite and change the target of de- lightning bolt from my departed deck hand to my spell skite. Well, tough. Departed deck hand was still a target for a while. So that ability is going to trigger. Um and then the last ability, which says another target creature you control can't be blocked this turn except by spirits. If you were to activate that last ability after the creature has already been blocked, it doesn't make the creature suddenly become unblocked. Okay, so if you're going to want to use that ability to make the creature d- more difficult to block, do it before they actually declare blockers.
0: Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't make it miraculously unblocked, just like our good good no. friend the strategist earlier doesn't make your... Things stop attacking it's it is it right. has already happened
1: it's it's very hard to it's you know it's it's hard to block unless there was some sort of like large edifice watching for spirits trying to pass by maybe <laughs> trying to detect them or something
0: <laughs> a, a large edifice d- d- looking for right. just just, just to, trying to a
1: monolith maybe an obelisk of some sort Hmm. Um, uh, another word
0: i think i think you might be Looking for a detection tower, Brian.
2: No, Found not it. Oh
0: dang! Um, Are you, did you detect it, Jeff?
2: Yes, I detected it. It was. Uh, I maybe even deduced it, or or uh, observed it. You were
0: Sherlock Holmes all over yes. this.
1: The the observation obelisk. Yes.
0: Oh, that is a much better name. Uh Watsy, take note. Uh but yeah, the next card is Detection Tower. <laughs> um, I was actually, free, when I read this card, I, I thought it was very, I thought the, the I'm going to read the card, and then I'll talk about it. A Detection okay. Tower is a land that can tap to make one colorless mana, um, and also set, has another ability that is one and tap, uh, on until end of turn your opponents and creatures your opponents control with Hexproof can be targets with spells and abilities you control as though they didn't have hex proof. Um, and I like the way this card is worded um, because it doesn't cause your opponents or their creatures to actually lose hex proof. It just, just lets you target them like they did. Um, and because of that, you're not actually changing any of the characteristics of those permanents. Um, so it doesn't lock in the set of creatures that it applies to um, when it resolves, so I can I can target the creatures or my opponent um, as though it did, they didn't have hexproof, but they're not actually the hexproof isn't going away. Nothing about those creatures is actually changing fundamentally. I just get to target them differently.
1: So can you can you elaborate on? So you said it doesn't change the characteristics of the permanent, so it's not locked in. Can you kind of? Well,
0: I would say go listen to uh our continuous effects episode um uh but usually if if something says um if it, if it were to say something like until end of turn your opponent and creatures your opponent's control with hexproof lose hexproof um if that were the case when this ability would resolve it would sort of look at every object that's on the battlefield um and and apply that to everything that is currently there. And if you played, if your opponent played something with hexproof later, this ability would not apply to it because that was not there when the ability happened. Creatures you can, uh, your opponent controls that have hexproof from whatever, uh, you can also target those. It doesn't have to True. be generic hexproof. Um, I don't know if there are. Did we add any more hexproof from X cards in here, or is it still? Just the one from Dominaria. Uh,
1: I did not look
2: specifically. Uh, there, yeah, I don't know if it's there, there. Were two in Dominaria what we talked about uh, before. Uh, I don't know if there are any more. Although I'm sure we're going to see them in the future. That was a uh, that was pretty good.
0: Yeah, he- hexproof from from thing. Yeah, is probably coming back.
1: Let, let me ask this, uh, just as a side: what would Gen X proof be as an ability? What? what gen mean? X proof I don't I don't
0: uh oh, protection from gen, <laughs> yeah, protection uh. from
1: gen X protection if you're if you're 37 to 45 you can't block this creature
0: I as long as we don't start making millennial proof I'll be all good
2: oh that card's called a mortgage
0: <laughs> I that's too what? personal to me what? right now <laughs> I literally have spent the last two weeks Putting a lot of effort into figuring out how mortgages and home buying work. So it's, it's, oh, it's a li- uh, we should we
2: should we should chat about this. seriously. We should chat about that. After <laughs> show sometime.
0: Another thing for but Judge Cast that, after on dark.
2: finance finance cast. Yeah, that's yeah. That's that's not so after dark. Like that's <laughs> <laughs>
0: fair. All
2: right. Uh, our next card is uh, double cast, which is. Like reverberate, but not at all. <laughs> but,
0: uh, but not actually. <laughs> like
2: this thing. Uh, so double cast is a sorcery that costs red, red. And it says, when you cast your next instant or sorcery spell this turn, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. Uh, I like the flavor text of this card. It says, first the insult, then the encore. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, Spooky. Yeah. Uh so this is a weird card. It, it sets up a delayed triggered ability when you cast it, that happens when you cast your next instant or sorcery. And so that delayed triggered ability can go on the stack. Uh, your opponent has the opportunity to respond both to double cast and the delayed triggered ability when it goes on the stack, in addition to the spell that you're casting.
0: So many, many Uh, opportunities to respond,
2: many opportunities to respond. Yes. Um, And then when the triggered ability resolves, it makes a copy of the spell. Now, what's interesting about double cast is that the copy is going to be created even if the original spell ends up countered before the trigger resolves. And I think a lot of people are going to get this wrong because it's, uh, you know, reverberate and fork and twin cast and all of those that are kind of like this targeted the spell directly. So if you countered the spell, those would not create a copy. But this doesn't work that way. Uh, So it will still create a copy even if the spell is no longer on the stack, uh, the copy will have the same targets unless you choose new ones. Um, so you you can uh, change any number of targets, including zero or all, uh, but uh, you, they still have to they still have to be legal targets. Uh, now, to be clear, um, when I say you can change any number of targets, you can you can actually change the numbers as well, right? What do you mean, Brian? Correct me what if you I'm mean? wrong about that. So, like, if some if something says up to two targets, can I? Can I? And no, I, I originally only chose one. I am yeah. I stuck on one, or can you're, I you're stuck the, on change. one? Because that's okay. So you can't you can't change the number of targets. Um, so you you have to stay on the you have to stay on the number of targets that were originally decided on the spell. Um, similar to the modes, if you choose modes for the spell, those modes are locked in. You have to choose those modes when you copy it and uh, any X costs in the spell or any additional costs in the spell are also going to be locked in. Uh, you don't have to pay those again and, uh, you just get those. Um, now the copy is not cast. So anything that triggers off of casting a spell won't trigger when you create the copy on the stack. Um, now there is one weird thing about this triggered ability, uh, at tournaments. And that is that it is in fact possible to forget this triggered ability exists. Uh, and the tournament policy at regular Aurel uh, says that if it's not too dis- disruptive, we just put it on the stack now. So if you're in a pre release and somebody casts double cast and they're talking to their friend and, or, or their, their opponent, and then they cast an instant or sorcery spell and forget to make a copy, um, if it's not too disruptive to the game, we'll just make a copy now.
0: What if I forgot that I cast it earlier and then I cast another? instant or sorcery and i want and i go oh hey can i have this one uh that's not actually how that works uh if if
2: you will be making a a copy of the next one that you cast sweet that is to say that whatever you cast after double cast if we're putting that trigger on the stack which you don't have to do if it's going to be too disruptive but but if it's not too disruptive we'll put it on the stack and uh or actually we'll just resolve it now according to the jar um just make the copy. Just, just do uh, it. Yeah, it's a little awkward. Um, so, in that case, you know, we'll just resolve it now. We'll create the copy of the next spell that was cast after double cast. Now, if it's several turns later, it's probably not a good idea.
0: <laughs> yeah use use your judgment if it's on on what is too disruptive.
1: Uh-huh. This is this is weird. So, do we have any idea for why why this wording instead of reverberate
0: like probably because they just didn't want to reprint reverberate Uh,
2: so well it's partly that but i reverberate has a problem and uh, it's whole that whole grouping of cards has a problem and that problem is that more often than not they just end up being mana leak five through eight sorry i just i just i just realized why it's you you gotta hold priority what do you mean Uh, Yeah, that is another problem with them. You do have to hold Uh priority, which is really annoying. If I cast cast lightning bolt. It's probably impossible in Arena.
0: That makes sense. Yep, that would do it.
1: So if I I wanted to with reverberate, if I wanted to cast it, I'd have to cast lightning bolt, hold priority, then cast reverberate if I want to double. Because if I said lightning bolt, my opponent says, okay, I can't then say, and now I reverberate it because the opponent past priority we're resolving lightning bolt
0: it's resolving this right?
1: doesn't do that
0: Beca- because yep, you,
1: this doesn't have because that you do it first so so sorry i didn't i didn't mean but to interrupt you where you're talking about like light, lightning uh sorry mana leak uh five through five through seven five through
2: eight yeah i mean it often is mana leak five through eight which is a really obnoxious play style but but what you said makes a lot of sense um that that it's just easier to play which, which is probably more the answer than what i was saying
0: it causes fewer weird rules or tournament yeah. confusion mm-hmm. that makes sense all right all right brian do you want to tell us about the next card fraying omnipotence is is this card what it feels like to get old
1: i i pronounce it omnipotence uh for for fray fray fr- fraying frying, fr- omnip- frying omnipotence. omnipotence like eggs yeah so back in my day yeah 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 the great mendon that healed the multiverse Also, I can't read the rest of it. It's too small without my (laughs) spectacles. Um, You're a spectacle. Yes, my spectacles. Um, It is three black, black for a sorcery that says each player loses half their life, then discards half the cards in their hand, then sacrifices half the creatures they control, round up each time.
0: So (laughs) Not round up in the way that you want.
1: Right. Um this so, so uh, uh this is basically like oh. uh it's just like smallpox on steroids, right you should right? just call this card taxation is theft and <laughs> 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 okay um you are you are rounding up yes you're rounding up the amount lost not kept uh, so if you have seven cards in your hand you're gonna be discarding faux cards um one of the things- what's that
0: I said fours of them.
1: Fours, all fours. Yep. Um <laughs> oh. but damage. Um oh, instru- no! instructions are followed in order. Uh so what's going to happen is uh first each player loses the uh how much life they're supposed to do. Then you're going to discard uh face down uh the right number of cards. Then you're going to reveal those cards, put them in the graveyard. Then you're going to sacrifice the creatures. So you, active player, uh, are going to sacrifice your creatures first. So non-active player is going to get to see what you sacrifice when they make their decision as to what to sacrifice. So creatures you sacrifice are still on the battlefield when you lose half your life. So anything that triggers off of loss of life is still going to trigger. Um, now, in a two-headed giant game...
0: Uh <laughs>
1: Yeah, okay. So this is... Um, uh, well, I mean, Thanos snaps twice. Only it doesn't like half and then half. It just I, right. It's it's the bad kind. Uh, the game's gonna end in a draw because each teammate is going to be losing half of their life total. Uh, so, uh, oh yeah, and gosh. since it rounds up, so if you're at, I'll say twenty one, uh, both of them, both both teammates are gonna be losing eleven. Uh, and then if the other team's at 20, well, they just got exact seized for 10 and 10.
0: That's upsetting.
1: It is a little upsetting. So just keep that in mind. If you're playing two-headed giant, uh, you might actually see some draws in two-headed giant.
0: Wow.
2: Yeah, this is just a big reset button. Indeed.
0: Yeah, it really is. It's just a, let's let's try this again.
2: Like, we can't win the game. Uh, yeah, just just push the button. Push the button.
0: All right. What do we have next? <laughs> I, my computer is freaking out, so we'll never know. Oh, Gore Claw. Gore Claw. <laughs> I, I don't know how I could have ever forgotten about Gore Claw. Uh, so yeah, Gore Claw, terror of, I don't know what, Calcisma? I don't know.
1: It's a small village at the base of the Alps.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and again, good, good, strong flavor text with "you don't want to know how she got that name." So, Goraklaw is pretty cool. Uh, is a 4-3 four, three, four, three, and green is a legendary creature bear. Um, for folks who were around um, during Cons of Tarkir, might want to just compare the art on this card to Savage Punch. Um, it may may look sort of. Familiar. All the bears punching back. The bears punching back. Yeah. <laughs> um. But uh, Goreclaw. Yes. Says. Uh, creature spells you cast with power four or greater cost two less to cast. And whenever Goreclaw attacks, each creature you control with power four or greater gets plus one plus one and gains trample until end of turn.
1: Hold on, I forgot. Uh, what what is Gore-Claw the terror of again, please?
0: Mm, a small village at the uh, bottom of the Alps, Brian. Fair enough. I don't know where kelsisma is, but it sounds like a Star Wars character. Um, <laughs> it does, doesn't it? It totally does.
1: Gorklaw, Master of Karasai.
0: Is that is that is that from Star Wars, Brian?
1: Uh, it is. It's a, it's a really bad Star Wars fighting game for the PlayStation.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> um, Terror-
1: Gorklaw on the ocean. <laughs> I don't. Gore <laughs> His claws open.
0: <laughs> her her claws, Brian.
1: Oh, is her it her co- her claws? Yeah.
0: yeah. Um. Oh, now now it's now we're we're Trekking it. I see. I understood that reference. Uh, <laughs> just made me watch that. I understood that reference. Um, at any rate, um, when looking at the first ability that reduces the cost of creature spells with power four or greater. Um, you're looking at what's what's on the card. Um, so if you have some sort of Hydra or, again, a walking ballista that enters with a counter on it that that could have power four or greater, uh, that doesn't work when you're figuring out the cost reduction on this. Um also if you have an anthem on the battlefield, that something that gives your creatures plus one plus one, and you have a creature with three power in your hand, uh, that doesn't, you don't get the cost reduction. It's just, let's look at what the power is printed on the card. Um, additionally, uh, for the, the second ability for that gives your creatures plus one, plus one and trample, uh, that checks the power when the ability resolves. Um, So if you have any creatures that have abilities when they attack, uh, triggered abilities when they attack, or otherwise uh, could update the power when they attack, um, you can stack those in a way or activate it in a way that lets Goreclaw's trigger resolve last so that they will have the, the high enough power to get their plus one plus one and trample.
2: Hmm, that's nifty. Yeah. Speaking of stacking triggers. Uh-oh.
0: <laughs> Some exciting Where new triggers.
2: Right oh man.
0: I feel like Jess is getting uh, all the like weird cards.
2: I might be. I might be. Um I wonder if wonder if somebody planned it that way, Brian. Uh uh-huh. so I think you're giving me <laughs> way too much credit for this. The next card is Isareth the Awakener. Uh, Isareth the Awakener is a 3-mana 3-3 legendary creature human wizard uh, with Death Touch. Whenever Isareth the Awakener attacks, you may pay X. When you do, return target creature card with converted mana cost X from your graveyard to the battlefield with a corpse counter on it. If that creature would leave the battlefield, exile it instead of putting it anywhere else. This first part, not Death Touch, the part after that, is a new trigger template. Uh, template sorry a new trigger template uh whenever isareth attacks the trigger that's put on the stack only says whenever isareth attacks you may pay x the when you do portion is is a separate triggered ability that happens when you pay the x and then the targeting happens based on that
0: i think that's really interesting
2: uh yeah it it lets you do cool stuff in response to the trigger it lets you make decisions that are different based on the trigger I, i think that uh and specifically in the case of isareth uh that this is probably going to be relevant in in commander and brawl but it also exists on some other cards in m19 as well there's one spark tongue dragon that that says uh you know when it enters the battlefield you may pay a mana cost and and when you do it deals three damage to any target but the main difference is that you don't have to choose the target at the time the trigger goes off because that's confusing to players to have to choose a target for a thing you're not going to use anyway
0: right that makes that makes uh, a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, uh. it was it's it's there's a there's a card called um uh was it Vorthos the or Lorthos the Tide Maker? It uh it says like when when you attack you may pay eight if you do tap down eight target permanents, essentially. And with that template, you have to target eight things <laughs> regardless <laughs> right. of whether or not yeah. you're gonna pay the eight or not.
2: Yeah, I've definitely seen people with those kinds of abilities uh, without realizing what they were doing accidentally have to kill their own phantasmal images because they have to target something.
0: Oh, no. Uh,
2: and oh, not like, understand like the
1: departed why. dead or the departed mm-hmm.
2: pirate thing. Oh, wait, that was just spells. Never mind. <laughs> right. Well, so with this ability, uh, it, when it returns a creature to the battlefield uh, with the corpse counter on it, the corpse counter is really just a reminder. The corpse counter doesn't have... Uh, any rules meaning attached to it so if the corpse counter somehow gets removed you will still have to exile the creature uh, and if the corpse counter gets moved to something else it won't have any impact on the something else that that it's moved to um and just like any other creature brought back from the graveyard uh if unless that creature uh has haste, it won't be able to activate any abilities that it has, and, and it definitely won't be able to attack because we've already attacked this turn, so we've passed that step. Um, oh, yeah, the corpse the corpse counter ability, which I just went over how that's not really attached to the corpse counter, but uh, the, the ability that goes with that is still going to happen, even if Isareth's not on the battlefield anymore, because it was set up when the creature returned to the battlefield, and uh, uh, if, if the creature's exiled anything that would trigger off of a creature dying, won't trigger when it's exile. exiled, because it didn't go to the graveyard from the battlefield, which is what it means to die in magic terms.
0: It didn't really die.
2: It didn't really die. It was just exiled. I'm sure that's comforting.
0: Yeah, to yeah. His, to it's family, st- family. <laughs> right, exactly.
2: <laughs> I mean, it was undead, so maybe it is comforting. <laughs> just <laughs> so
0: to have them at rest.
2: The final rest.
1: <clears throat> All right. Uh, the, go ahead. Uh, the next card. Uh, to to in no way, shape, or form uh, set up the dichotomy of just having a really complex card and me having a really simple one. <laughs> um, li- uh, Lean in Vanguard for a white is a cat soldier that's 1-1. One, one. Uh, at the beginning of combat on your turn, if you control three or more creatures, Lean in Vanguard gets plus one, plus one until end of turn, and you gain one life. Uh, so really, really the only thing here was it, it has kitty craft. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: creature craft
1: creature craft uh yeah uh that and and a it's an intervening if clause so at the beginning of your combat on your turn if you control three or more creatures that's that's an intervening if clause that means that when i begin combat i have to have three creatures when the trigger is put on the stack and when it resolves i can't you know, do some sort of, uh, goblin rabble master, whatever, you know, at the beginning of combat, put a goblin into play to get my, my three creatures. Um, that's it. So that's, that's our, our requisite intervening if clause.
0: There's gotta be uh, one
1: creature. There has to be one. And now, uh, back to the more complex cards, uh, take it away. Uh, Bergen and Jess. (laughs)
0: Thanks, (laughs) Thanks, Brian. I, uh, I give that a, I give that a solid eight out of 10. A perfect five out of seven. Uh, perfect five out yeah. of seven. <laughs> At any rate, uh, Liliana the Necromancer. I was just talking about how I, I liked Liliana better than a Johnny. So here we are. Um, she she has some planeswalker abilities. As one is want to do, one one is a planeswalker. Uh, she costs three black, black. <laughs> she ha- start has four starting loyalty. Uh, her plus one ability says target player loses two life. Her minus one says return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. And her minus seven says destroy up to two target creatures, put up to two target, up to two creature cards from graveyards onto the battlefield under your control. So, um, that last ability is, is one ability that you perform in order. Um, so first you destroy the creatures, then you get to choose what creatures are put onto the battlefield. Um, no one gets to respond or act in between, um, and any triggers that would happen off of, uh, that anything that would trigger off of those creatures entering the, the graveyard are going to be added to the stack after the ability, after Liliana's ability already resolves. So, if, if I have something that triggers when my creatures die that bring my creatures back to me um, and Jess activates his Liliana and kills my creatures and then Brings them back. I I don't then get to to return them to the battlefield on my side because they're already out of my graveyard.
1: Like per, uh, persist or something right, like that. Right, exactly. Or undying, or or you don't. Oh,
0: they don't. They don't undie they don't to persist.
1: me. Oh yes, they don't undie in the good
0: way. Right. Um. <laughs> but yeah, that is that is that is one ability. It happens in one chunk that you that you do in order. When, and you, no one gets to respond in between the uh, each part.
2: All right. So our next card is uh, actually pretty straightforward. So we're, <clears throat> we're we're breaking up.
0: We're breaking the trend. Uh,
2: like, yeah, I, I think so. Anyway, maybe I'm. Maybe it's deceiving. Uh, the next card is Liliana's contract. It costs three black, black. Um, it kind of de- I, I think it depicts a, a younger Liliana. I would assume signing a contract. I guess I don't know. There's no, there's no pen involved. Um, she, weird. she so,
0: looks like she's dissolving. Nah. She'll be fine. Getting them,
1: she's getting them tattoos.
0: <laughs> L- uh, Liliana getting a tattoo. Yeah.
1: When, well, that's her, that's what her contract did, right?
0: Yeah. She had to, Put those she, tattoos on? she had to sit around for like a 72 hour tattoo session and that's how she got her powers. Wow. <laughs>
2: <And> then, that, <laughs> must have, like, that must have been really expensive. Like that's actually the price was yeah. like, she wasn't paying for any like, like, anything, any special powers or anything. It's just all of this fighting with Liliana's contract is just, you know, she hasn't paid back the tattoo artist yet.
0: Yeah, she really needs uh, to to tip her artist for that sick ink. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> anyway. So, um, Liliana's contract, sorry, guys. Uh, this is when Liliana's contract enters the battlefield. You draw four cards and mm. lose four life. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control four or more demons... With different names, you win the game. Uh real quick, this, like one we already had before, is an intervening if clause. So even if this ability goes on the stack, if you don't control four demons with different names when uh if you don't control four demons with different names when this ability resolves, you don't win the game. Uh because it happens during your upkeep. The 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 first cute thing that came to mind when I saw this card doesn't work, which is you can't mirror weave all of your creatures into demons, because you don't have the opportunity to do that before the upkeep, and you would miss the trigger condition. However, uh, you can just play a bunch of creatures that have every creature type in addition to your demons, and they will also have different names.
0: That's cute. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Super
2: cute. <clears throat> yep, and you're uh, like. With Sakashima the imposter, I think it is, yeah uh can 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 be a demon, <laughs> demon with a different name Lazav. Lazav can be a demon with a different name, yeah, oh <laughs> man,
1: so imagine uh, just just think for a second how how threatening Liliana's contract would be with instead of like bells and knock and whatever it's just like amoeboid changeling. And uh
0: I love Amiiboy Changeling. Don't you dare say say harsh words about no, 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 my best no, 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 friend I'm Amiiboy just, I'm Changeling. Just saying
1: that instead of instead of like some horrible demon, it's the Jell O Moose. Um,
0: oh, no.
1: Um That's right. the
0: thing that's making you win the game. That's the thing Liliana signed her contract with.
1: Right, that's the thing she signed her contract with, is the Jell O Moose and Amii Changeling. And um, so
0: what you're saying is Amiiboy Changeling is Liliana's tattoo artist. Yes. <laughs> Great. I'm glad we've been able to confirm that.
2: Yes, good. All right.
0: All right. Uh,
1: somebody tell part. me
2: about some, some just metamorphic alliteration. Alliteration?
0: <laughs> alliteration. Alteration. Yeah. Yeah, definitely alliteration. Oh,
1: metamorphic That's- alliteration is <laughs> when, uh, is when you, uh, change the vowel sound in, uh, various words that you use. No. Uh, metamorphic <laughs> alteration. Um, is not getting tattoos done. Uh it's a one in a blue or <laughs> an enchantment aura. It says enchant cre it's enchant creature. As metamorphic alteration enters the battlefield, choose a creature. Um enchanted creature is a copy of the chosen creature. What? So, um now when it says choose a creature, that doesn't mean you get to just choose any creature. You know, like uh, I choose brand No, it's actually got to be a creature on the battlefield. <laughs>
0: you can't uh, just say, I choose uh, uh, Lorthos.
1: Yeah, I I choose the thing from Stranger Things. That's my creature I choose. Um, you've got to choose a creature that's actually on the battlefield. Um, you are only going to copy the copyable characteristics of that creature. So if there's any you know, buffs from equipment or type-changing effects or counters on it, you don't get any of that. Um, copying a token. If you choose to copy a token creature, uh, that doesn't make your creature a token. Okay, so if I've got my 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 bear cub, and you've got a four four avatar token with flying because uh, Johnny made his last stand a few turns ago. Um, R.I.P. What's that? R. Yes, R.I.P. Um, my my bear cub is going to become a four, four avatar with flying, but is not going to become a token bear cub. Um, Now, uh, if the creature gains a, when this dies trigger, you know, when this gets put in the graveyard uh, from, from the copy, uh, when that creature dies, you are going to get that trigger because, of the way it looks, it, it was in the, it, it's, it. goes to the graveyard and it looks back in time as to what it was right before it went to the graveyard, in which case it was a copy. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this gets asked a lot. You won't get any enters the battlefield triggers from this. So if the creature's on the battlefield and I play a, a play metamorphic alteration to make it a copy of something that, you know, when it enters the battlefield, deal five damage to all creatures in play. You're not going to get that. Why? Because the bear cub was already on the battlefield. It just became something else. It went through a metamorphic alteration, but it's still the same bear cub.
2: You also won't get anything that uh, any trigger that says whenever this creature or whatever this card goes into your graveyard from anywhere, those abilities also will not trigger. Right, because the card itself is not uh, doesn't have that ability at the time it goes to the graveyard.
0: The card doesn't.
2: Yeah, you so an example would be Emrakul, right? Emrakul the Ants Torn says, "Uh, wh- whenever Emrakul the Ants Torn is put into a graveyard from anywhere, uh, shuffle it in, uh, shuffle your graveyard into your library." Well, the the that's not the same as dying from the battlefield. Uh, so the game doesn't look to see what it was on the battlefield when when it goes to the graveyard. So if you metamorphic alteration someone's Emrakul, um, your pseudo Emrakul if it somehow dies uh, is not going to, is not going to make you shuffle your life or your graveyard into your library.
0: Cool. All uh, right. So we get a, another card with art that I, that I simultaneously love and hate. We've got patient rebuilding another beautiful reference to card art that you can't see. Cause you're listening to me talk. Um, Patient Rebuilding is an enchantment that costs three blue blue uh, and says at the beginning of your upkeep target opponent puts the top three cards of their library into their graveyard. Then you draw a card for each land card put into that graveyard this way. Um, The only real weirdness with this comes up if you have two of them. Um, So if you have two of them, they're, they're functionally separate. Uh, you treat them separately for for the purpose of of card drawing so my my first one resolves I put three cards into the graveyard or my opponent puts three cards into the graveyard the other the second patient rebuilding doesn't see the land being milled from the first one and let you draw a card there there are two separate actions that are that are happening on their own you don't if you mill a land on both, you don't get to draw four cards. Um, also, if for whatever reason, uh, the cards don't end up being put into the graveyard, um, like uh, they, your opponent has a ley line or uh, rest in peace, right? Rest in peace does that. Yep. Um, if those cards don't end up being put into the graveyard, you don't draw the cards because they are never put into the graveyard. Oh, I, sweet.
2: Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, um, like, speaking of things that are put in the graveyard, I was going to move on to our next card. But, but did you have something else to say about this one?
0: Uh, no. I just I don't think this card is very good for five mana. But that's all. Uh, <laughs> speaking of cards that may or may not be very good, what's yeah, next? Yeah,
2: I've got a five-five for three. That's good, right? Um, so I do like five-five five for three. So here's the thing, um, about this card. This is a five-five for black, black, black. Uh, I used to think the first time this card was printed, this Phylactery Lich, by the way, I I used to think, man, this is so powerful. I can't wait to find a way to make this work. And then in the last set, we had a very powerful cycle of cards for three of a specific colored, which which included Steel Leaf Champion, uh, which is just like way better than this card for green, green, green.
0: (laughs) Just just Uh, better. (laughs) uh, Yeah.
2: So... Phylactery Lich is a 5-5 for Black, Black, Black that is indestructible, which sounds pretty good to start with, Uh, but it has two other abilities. The first one's a replacement effect. It says, as Phylactery Lich enters the battlefield, put a Phylactery counter on an artifact you control. And the second one says, when you control no permanents with Phylactery counters on them, sacrifice Phylactery Lich. Uh, The first ability doesn't target. As I mentioned, it's a replacement effect. You choose it while it's entering the battlefield and you put the counter on at the same time. Uh, if you don't have any artifacts when this resolves, or if it's it's entering the battlefield at the same time as another artifact, you can't choose that. So you have to have artifacts when when this resolves. Uh, if you don't, it doesn't do anything. And then the, the last triggered ability, that state-based trigger, or sorry, the state trigger, I should say, will trigger. Now, state triggers are fairly uncommon in Magic. Uh, they trigger off of a certain state being true, in this case, when you control no permanence with flactory counters on them. Uh, once it triggers, you might think, well, that state is still true. I still don't control any permanence with phylactery counters on them. Why doesn't it just stack up infinitely? Well, there's a rule that prevents that. If there's a state trigger on the stack, uh, it won't trigger again until it leaves the stack. So if you somehow, if you stifle it or did something to stop that trigger, it would just trigger again once it left the stack, but it doesn't trigger again as long as it's still on the stack
0: it won't just create an infinite stack of the same trigger.
2: Right. Right. Now, uh, one interesting thing to note is that the Lactory Lich does not care. And this is a giant flavor fail. It does not care whether or not it's using its own phylactery.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is a flavor fail. (laughs)
2: Uh, that is to say, Hey, liches believe in sharing. So, uh, phylactery Lich can put a, a counter on something and then there might be other ways that it's removed from the battlefield. So for example, um, it might be exiled or something else might happen. Uh, if you play a second phylactery lich, it doesn't care where the phylactery counter came from. If you play two of them and you've got two artifacts and each of them has a phylactery counter and one of them's blown up, you don't lose one of your phylactery liches. Uh, you, both of them are now sharing the same phylactery, which is even weirder, uh, but they'll both survive. Hey.
0: They're sharing the same phylactery. Right. How many Ooh. phylactery
1: liches can you can you dog pile into the same uh, the same uh, uh, phylactery? I don't all of them
0: like right? that flavor wise. It makes me very sad. Just
1: imagine you just keep oh if you make keep if you make keep making copies and like cloning the phylactery liches, uh-huh. and you just keep you know doing the same <laughs> artifact over and over and over again.
0: Great, uh, perfect plan. Yes.
1: So, right, you put all your liches in one phylactery.
0: <sighs> Jess has thoughts.
2: Nope, that was my thought. I was gonna make an eggs in one basket joke, but but Brian, made oh, me were you? It. Yeah,
0: <laughs> legitimate. Aww.
2: Is it legitimate?
0: I feel like I'm being psychically corroded right now. Hey,
1: convenient that because <laughs> that's our next <laughs> card psychic corrosion for two and a blue is an enchantment. It says whenever you draw a card, each opponent puts the top two cards of their library into their graveyard. Uh, So if a spell uh, has you put a a card into your hand without using the word draw, you didn't draw it. So anything that's like reveal the top three cards of your library, choose one and put it in your hand. That's not drawing. So you don't get to It feels like drawing. It does feel like drawing, but it's not. Yeah. Because we've already established that that. That phylactery liches can dogpile into multiple phylacteries, so putting a card in your hand isn't really drawing cats and dogs living together and all that. Exactly. Um, and then uh if a spell or effect has you draw multiple times, uh well this is gonna this is gonna cause the psychic corrosion to trigger multiple times too. Because each draw is considered a separate thing. So uh yeah. That's uh pretty that's a it's a it's a terrifying cool. power. You know? Psychically
0: corroding people? Yeah.
1: It's uh well I mean Jay said it, not me.
0: Oh yeah, thanks thanks Jace on thanks. The Flavor Text. Thanks
1: Flavor Text. Yes, Jace delivering delivering a fate worse than a fate worse than death would be our next card Regal Bloodlord.
0: Well, next we have some more some more intervening if clauses. Um, we have Regal Bloodlord that is a 2/4 4, four three, black, white black is a vampire soldier with flying that says at the beginning of each end step if you gained life this turn create a 1-1 one, one black bat creature token with flying. Um, again, we've got an intervening ape clause. It will, will trigger if you gained life this turn, um, and then we'll check, again, before it resolves, if you've gained life this turn, but I don't know how that's going to uh, impact it because um, with- it doesn't care if you also lost life. Right, yeah, whether or not you've gained life is not going to change. Yeah, you're, that sh- that state is not going to change... Uh, between it going on the stack and it resolving there's there's it, it only checks to see if you have gained life even if you lose life it doesn't really matter oh. um right it's not it the, also, it's a total
1: change for the turn it's it's
0: right it's it is seeing did i gain life at some point yes okay um it also doesn't care or matter if if the life was gained before regal bloodlord entered the battlefield it will still say ah oh, yes life has been gained, even if even if I wasn't here to see it. Uh, the same is true, uh, there's another card called Resplendent Angel that says, if you gained five or more life this turn, uh, make an angel. Same same sort of deal. It it only cares if you gained it. Doesn't matter if you lost it again later. Anything else to say about our life-gaining friends here?
2: Uh, no, I don't think so. Other than this isn't nope. uh, yet another vampire that looks like a spirit and is not.
0: That is true. Uh,
2: they, those do exist in magic. Uh, Bloodgast is one. I know I know that they're a thing. But, um, is spirits that lo- No, vampire spirits.
0: Vampire yeah. spirits. Bloodgast is a vampire spirit? Yeah. Huh. I had uh, no idea.
2: So mo- moving on to our next card. Uh, Runic Armasor is our next card. Just when you thought it was safe to go back to Jurassic I mean, Ixlon. Uh.
0: <laughs> yeah. <Mm-huh>.
2: So <laughs> Runic Armasaur is a dinosaur costs one GG? Uh, it's a two five, and whenever an opponent activates an ability of a creature or land that isn't a mana ability, you may draw a card. Now, how can you tell uh, when when, when something can activate ability? The, the, the answer is just usually mm-hmm. it has a colon. Uh, it has a, something that that is the cost. <laughs> and yeah, it has a colon. Sure. You, you just you just. Open it right up and check.
0: The, um, so, uh, the, the show notes <laughs> yes. just say check your colon.
2: Yeah, check. Yes. That's check all it says. Your colon, <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: check your colon. So especially if you're over forty, you need to get the. You need to check <laughs> just your colon. go get it checked. Brian would know. Yeah, just go get it. You got to check so, your
0: colon for activated abilities. So yes. activated Great. abilities.
2: Oh. Hope you got insurance. Activated abilities uh. are a combination of a cost and an effect. And on most cards, that cost and effect are separated by a colon. So if you see something that has a colon and it's not a mana ability, uh, that's almost certainly an activated. It is an activated ability. Um, now there are some activated abilities that don't have colons, such as the equip cost on on equipments. But by and large, most of them are going to have that. Um, yeah, that's that's hide- That's hidden in like the expanded rule text, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. That's For the that's ability. exactly right. Um, it doesn't trigger if you activate the, the ability of a card that is not on the battlefield, such as if you're cycling something from your hand or activating an ability of a card in a graveyard. And then this ability will resolve before whatever your opponent is trying to do resolves because it, resp- or it, it triggers from their activated ability. So it goes on the stack on top and then you draw a card and then they can continue with their activated ability.
0: They can resume with whatever caused the trigger to happen. You may resume. <laughs> exactly.
2: So, uh,
1: so I live, I live near uh near Sea World, and uh, oh, there's this there's this show that they put on that has these these two seals that do tricks and stuff. Or it did until Sarkon went back in time and freed those seals. Wow, hmm. you went deep on this joke. I, I did. I did. Um so yes, so the next card that we're gonna talk about is Sarkon's Unsealing.
0: I really hate that.
1: <laughs> what?
0: Unsealing. Good. Yes, unsealing. Goodness. You couldn't even make a joke about like him being really bad at opening envelopes or something like that. No, you had to un uh, uh, literally unsealing. Good, Uh, yes,
1: yes. (laughs) Sarkhan's unsealing. That event is called Sarkhan's unsealing. Yeah, great for for three in a red. For three in a red, it's an enchantment um, that says whenever you cast a creature spell with power four, five, six, or six, Sarkhan's unsealing does four damage to any target. And then, whenever you cast a creature spell with a power of seven or greater, Sarkhan's Unsealing deals four damage to each opponent and each creature and planeswalker they control. So we know what happened to those seals.
0: What happened they, to them, they, Brian?
1: They—they uh, uh, they took four damage. Oh no! Yeah. Oh yes, Clyde and Clyde and Otis aren't looking so good. Um. So uh creatures uh just like one of those other cards that that we talked about earlier they check the power creatures don't have things like counters on them when they're when they're on the stack uh uh you know glorious anthem effects from the battlefield won't affect them uh characteristic defining abilities do so like tarmogoyf you know if you cast a tarmogoyf uh you would actually be able to, it's got a star in it. You would actually look at its power and toughness, but then there's other, other cards that they've printed recently. that are like zero, zero that say it gets plus one, plus one for each artifact. That's not a characteristic dividing ability. That doesn't count. This card
2: really likes this card really likes uh, a death shadow. It's good friends with death shadow. Oh, it's besties mm. with death besties with death shadows. Um,
1: uh, each of these triggers, whichever one you get is going to tr- is going to resolve before the creature spell does. And uh, just, just, uh, just when you say if it was thought it was safe to go back into the two at a giant water, um, 2 at a giant, uh, if this thing triggers, uh, that last ability triggers, uh, each opponent is gonna take four damage, and each creature in Planeswalker, it's you're gonna have a bad time. It's gonna hit both of them.
0: That's so rough.
2: Uh, it, it, it it hits both of them. Both players take four. Yes, and all of their stuff takes four. To be clear, yes. their creatures and planeswalkers do not take eight, right? Just the just but, the players. Yes, the players are going to take four each, but the team
1: total loss is going to be woof brutal.
0: Many while we're telling Sarkin stories, I do need to share that uh, there is a new NPC that just got put into RuneScape named Sarkin the Super- the Serpent Speaker, and his examine text when you click on him says. Often speaks to serpents, not dragons. He's very adamant that there's a difference. <laughs> so oh. it's a good, good uh, magic <laughs> reference in RuneScape that I was very excited to see.
2: That's awesome. Uh, nice.
0: Is there anything we wanted to say else? We wanted to say about <laughs> the unsealing.
2: No, but but that story reminds me of a Hearthstone card called this is a quick story Flame Waker, uh, who has flavor text. If you look in the game, uh, that because people constantly call the card flame Walker.
0: I did that for like, Uh, I played that card and I did that.
2: Uh, it's flavor text says he is, he is flame waker, not flame Walker. That would be crazy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I don't think I knew that that was the name of the card until you pointed it out to me. I'm pretty sure you're the reason I found out that that card was not called Flamewalker.
1: Um, there was, wasn't a, uh, there was, there was a card in, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was one of the Lorwyn blocks. It was something Prefect. Uh, do you remember what it was? Imperious, it was the Im- Imperious Perfect? Imperious Perfect.
0: Imperious Perfect.
1: Yeah. Is it, is it perfect or Prefect?
0: It is perfect. It's
1: perfect.
2: Because I read Prefect. For a long time, because yeah. Harry Potter, right?
0: Well, yep. no, it's prefect
2: makes sense, and it's based off of prefect, but it's th- it's called perfect because in their society, the highest the highest ranking individuals are also the ones that are the most flawless mm-hmm. physically, like the most beautiful. All right. It's, so it's a play on pretty skilled.
0: Yeah. yeah, I also was confused by the name of that card for a long time. It's pretty skilled, huh? Yeah. Would you say somebody who who works for like Pixar is a skilled animator?
1: Uh, I would say someone that works for for Pixar, well, yeah, is a skilled animator.
2: Yeah, literally anyone everyone at, at at Pixar is an animator, just yeah, like yeah, yeah everybody all of them. everybody in the Air Force flies planes like that's the
0: you know the the uh <laughs> the accountants the, the, the
2: yeah, the janitors the, they're all skilled uh, animators, all of them skilled
0: animators <laughs> um, so next card is in fact skilled animator who could choose to work for Pixar if they so choose. Uh, that's true t- uh, 2 in blue 1-3 human artificer uh, it says when skilled animator enters the battlefield target artifact you control becomes an artifact creature with base power and toughness 5-5 five five for as long as skilled animator remains on the battlefield that seems innocuous but we before the show we were actually talking about this card because uh, usually if something is is becoming an artifact creature it'll usually say It's an artifact creature in addition to its other types. This one does not, but it still it that still applies here, even though it is not explicitly stated on the card. There is it is explicitly in the rules somewhere. I couldn't tell you where (laughs) Um,
1: it's so. So it says uh, artifact creature you control becomes an artifact or, or sorry, artifact you control becomes an artifact creature. So generally, if if a rule says, hey, this enchantment becomes a creature, well, it becomes it stops being an enchantment and becomes a creature. If it says this um, and
0: it's and it's not an enchantment anymore, right,
1: it's not an enchantment anymore. Or this artifact becomes a enchantment. Well, it's no longer an artifact. It's now an enchantment. There is an exception. That's when you make something an artifact creature, it retains all of its other types. So if I happen to have a artifact enchantment for whatever reason, somehow I, uh, one of those legendary artifact enchantments from uh from Theros block and I make it an artifact sure. creature, it is a legendary artifact creature enchantment now.
0: It's so weird. And it, it does still have any, any abilities that, that, that the artifact had. That's um, so, so weird. Um, yep. It, it makes sense, but it, it, it def- usually it spells out. it's, in, in addition to its other types. In this case, it does not, even though that is still true. Um, if the art, it was the artifact that you're targeting was already a creature. Um, it's power and toughness are going to be overwritten by this thing, making it a f- base power and toughness five, five. Um, if it, uh, if that object has already been on the battlefield uh, and would not be summoning sick, you can atta- you might be able to attack with it you, if you have not already attacked this turn, um, because it is still the same object. It's not it's not creating a new object. It is still the same permanent. I thought we we did spend some time talking about that card before the show because mm-hmm. it does not explicitly say.
2: Yeah, it's it's one of those things where where people don't realize that that's the case. Most of the more recent effects that make an artifact into an artifact creature also say that it retains their types, right? Right. But, uh, but this one does not, so we thought we'd bring it up. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and move on to our next card. Uh, our next card is one called Sun Cleanser, which is another card that appears to be from Ixalan.
0: And also makes uh, me think about World of Warcraft.
2: This is a 1-4 creature for one and a white. When it enters the battlefield, you choose one. Uh, the two options are... First, remove all counters from target creature. It can't have counters put on it for as long as Sun Cleanser remains on the battlefield. And two, target opponent loses all counters. That player can't get counters for as long as Sun Cleanser remains on the battlefield. These are the longest modes ever.
0: They're very long. <laughs> Confirmed the longest modes of all time.
2: Uh, just to say, stuff doesn't get counters. All right.
0: right. And you, can, uh, you if- can choose which of these things can't get counters
2: right exactly uh and i just realized again with the art that this is like the magic equivalent of iron man right like they've got the like repulsor blaster hand thing going on um, oh
0: my god! yes uh, i it may not be may not have sick power armor robot suit powers but you do have a cool hand beam for some reason
2: <laughs> uh so stuff can't have counters so That comes with uh, some weirdness in the rules text. If if the cost of an ability or uh, a spell requires you to put counters on a creature or a player, and that creature or player is currently affected by Sun Cleanser, you can't pay that cost. It's not like you pay the cost and then nothing happens. You just can't pay the cost. Uh, If a resolving spell or ability says that a player can give counters to that creature or player, you can't choose to do so. So it's just not a valid option. It's not a thing you can do. And uh, now, if a replacement effect allows a player to modify or replace an event by putting counters on a creature or a player affected by Sun Cleanser, uh, you may apply the replacement effect, but they won't get any counters. Now, if the original event is entirely replaced, such as with uh, Soulscar Mage's ability, uh, the the original event won't even happen. So that's it's not even not even a thing.
0: Fancy, fancy. Yeah, this the what this is the uh the anti-energy card.
2: Uh yeah, well it's anti-energy. Uh it's a few other things. Like so while it's it is anti-energy, I I think this might see some niche sideboard play in modern because you can choose yourself. Oh no, it, you can't. Never mind. Target opponent. Crap. I thought you could make yeah. you could like remove infect counters from yourself. Aww. Um you cannot do this thing that I just said you could do. Can't do it. Uh
0: um, dang.
1: Yeah. No sideboard. You heard it here first. No sideboard play
2: in modern. Yeah.
0: You could s- still I have never, sideboard I play. I never in modern.
2: encouraged modern players to sideboard this card.
0: <laughs> it never happened. Uh all right. Now that we've discussed Magic Iron Man, what else do we have to discuss? A significantly less elegant card.
1: Uh yeah. Uh so this is um so in the eighties there was this movie called uh, Chud, uh, (laughs) C-H-U-D, stood for Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground Dwellers. Um,
0: Great. Yeah. Cool.
1: Yeah, this card is called Thud, uh, which stands for uh, something Humanoid Underground Dwellers. Um, It is for a single red. It is a sorcery that says, as an additional cost uh, to cast this spell, sacrifice a creature. That would be the creature that the Chuds eat. Um, and then thud, the chuds, yes, the chuds, uh, thud deals damage equal. Look, two of our listeners are going to be like, oh yeah, I love that movie. That was a great movie. Um, (laughs) and please, uh, let them know, uh, let, let Jess and, and Brogan know on Twitter so that they, they, uh, continue to humor me making these jokes if they know that, you know, listeners enjoy these. Uh, so thud. Uh, deals damage equal to the sacrificed creature's power to any target. Uh, so this is a, a modified uh, fling. Uh, fling was an instant for one and a red. Uh, thud is a sorcery for a red, but it can do any target. It could do player or planeswalker or creature, which uh-huh. fling could do too. But this uses the any target templating that they, that they started with Dominaria.
2: Right,
1: um, right. Well, fling is an instant, right? Yeah, it is, but it costs one more.
2: Right. Okay.
1: Um... So things to know about this is you use the sacrifice creatures last known information to determine its power. Um, you can only sacrifice one creature uh, and you can't choose. So, You can't decide to sacrifice all your creatures to, to like, you know, set up one big giant uh, kill shot. You also can't choose to sacrifice no creatures like this is an additional cost. You you have to sack a creature. Um hmm. Uh-huh. Also, because you're sacrificing this creature as an additional cost, you're doing it during the casting of the spell. So your opponent can't, like you say, I cast Thud, sacrificing my whatever, my bear cub. They can't say, oh, well, now that I know it's the bear cub, I want to dismember the bear cub. You can't, uh, because you're sacrificing it in the middle of casting Thud. No one gets priority.
2: I I think... I think I so I'm mad about thud. There's always one. It feels like there's always one card that really should have had an exclamation point in its name. <laughs> and thud. If this is the one, thud is the one for this set. You know, and thud I always come back to it. Like kaboom got one. Two but arms Release got one. Release the ants didn't get one. Yeah, two arms has one. Release the ants doesn't have one. And now thud doesn't have one. And and it seems like every set there's there's one card where I'm like this should have gotten should have got that exclamation oh, should have man. the
0: exclamation point huh
2: yeah <laughs> you have cards that don't have exclamation points uh
0: speaking of of how long our episode is getting uh uh f- f- <laughs> it's kind of dire no i, I was that, that that was a stretch <laughs> Well,
2: this card has a really long name it's like, true you could it- have gone with the like ridiculously long name that barely fits on the name line for this card so
0: v- is it v- Vavictus v- vaivictus I- I, is that a v yeah i thought it no, was a, a v oh uh, yeah Vav- Vavictus. Vav- Vav- Vavictus. Vavictus asmati the dire um
2: yeah you know it's pretentious because it sounds latin
0: yeah exactly <laughs> uh it's another uh it's another elder dragon it was a six, six, four, three black red green uh and has flying, who would have guessed that an elder dragon has flying? But it also has this well of text. <laughs> uh whenever victus Asmati the Dyer attacks, for each player, choose target permanent that player controls. Those players sacrifice those permanents. Each player who sacrificed a permanent this way reveals the top card of their library, then puts it onto the battlefield if it's a permanent card. So to boil that down, you attack. Uh, you choose one permanent for uh, for each player. You sack them. Each every, for each one that was sacked, the person who sacked it will reveal the top card of their library, and then they get they put it on the battlefield if it's permanent. Uh, otherwise, and because you're revealing it, if it's not a permanent, you just put it back where it was. Um, things to note: uh, you do have to target one of your own, which may end awesomely for you and may end sadly for you. Um, this trigger is resolving during declare attackers before any blocks happen. So if you target a, uh, a creature, one of your opponent's creatures, that's not going to be able to block, but if they get a new, swankier creature, that one might be able to block. Um, if, for whatever reason, no the permanent is not sacrificed. Um, like it gained hex proof or something. Um, and because it was no longer a legal target, um, you, you don't and get the new permanent. Um, you still reveal, right? Uh, no, you don't reveal. Um, because you never sacrifice that permanent. Um, you don't reveal, you don't get a new thing. Your, your existing thing just hangs out. um, the next part on this is, is kind of confusing to me. Um, if any player controls no permanence, the, uh, there will not be sufficient legal targets and the ability will be removed from the stack. And I'm trying to figure out why that is. Why won't it resolve if at least one person has legal targets? I,
1: I think because it says for each player, you have to choose a target permanent. So if there's four players, you have to choose a target permanent for each of those players. Uh, but if only three of those players have permanents, then you're trying to target four things when you can only target three.
0: Yeah, I'm just so used to things ending up resolving as much as they can, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, that's, you, th- you think of this like uh, the card Hex.
0: It's like Hex. Destroy, that makes sense. Yeah, yep.
2: Destroy six target creatures. If you don't have six targets, you can't choose it. And in this case, the number seems variable, but it's not being set by you. It's but being set by the number of opponents you have.
0: That makes sense. Cool. So if
2: you yeah, yeah, so you can you yeah. can end up in a situation where you don't have enough targets.
0: Where where I you, you do you need to you need to choose that number of targets. targets. But if if one of if if one of your opponents has has no no permanence, you're probably all right. You probably oh, don't no. need it.
2: Yeah, they have no
1: permanence. You have a six-six dragon. Seems fine. Yeah, exactly. I don't see a problem with this.
0: Cool. Uh, alphabetically, uh, we're out of elder dragons.
2: We are. <laughs> well, and I other think cards. We're, yes, I think we're out of other cards entirely. Did cool. anybody have any last closing thoughts they wanted to say before
0: we we wrapped up this this episode? We. I. I. I had fun. Uh, I feel like the set's going to be fun. I am excited for the return of corsets.
2: I'm also excited for the return of corsets. I'm stoked.
0: Um and I hope everyone has a a good pre-release weekend. Oh yeah. Or or had a good one if you're listening to this in the future.
2: In the future. Uh all right. So well, I just want to say thank you to everybody for bearing with us for this uh this lengthy episode. Um I'm listening to everything we had to say about these cards. You can find this and all of our episodes online at judgecast.com or download them on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can email us. Our email address is judgecast at gmail.com. You can send us a message on Facebook, facebook.com slash judgecast, or tag us on Twitter at twitter.com slash judgecast. And of course, uh, you can also find our entire Learn to Judge section with. Uh, episodes that are helpful for getting started in judging on our website at judgecast.com. I'd like to thank both of my hosts for being here as always. I really appreciate it and thank everybody for listening and just say that I'm Jess Dunks and I keep it
0: fair. I'm Brogan King and I keep it fun.
2: Blood
1: damage.
0: Great.
2: Not even a night. I'm Brian Prillman. Not and even I if keep I'm it. Brian Prillman. Just well. I mean, how's that work? Just a butt, butt right, damage. Just butt damage. Right. So, I've been meaning for a long time to make a a like <laughs> just super cut of all the things you say at the end of episodes.
0: <laughs> oh my and god,
2: that makes me want to do it significantly more.
0: <laughs> just immediately, just I need this butt right damage.
2: now. Butt damage. <laughs> I mean so, there are there are there're like there's like what 160 of them at yeah, least something like that yeah